What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo audio podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining this week, and thank you, everybody that's been coming on board. Um, I've been doing a big push across all the social platforms to tell people that, you know, no matter what poison you pick, if you like YouTube, if you like Instagram, if you like Facebook, I'm trying to get reels out. I'm pretty I'm pretty good about populating YouTube. Uh, keep the podcasts coming. But I'm I'm on the other ones, I'm telling you guys, come to the audio podcast. And slowly more and more are. There's a lot of reasons in there for that. It's not just to come check it out. Of course, the sound is always cleaner and better, but there's a lot of factors that I think on social media a lot of people get stressed out. It's nice sometimes to just download a podcast, listen to it, take it in, and at the end of the podcast or during it, or whatever. Pause it. I encourage all of you guys, and I love that this is even growing bigger, because I get back to all of you guys. But please email me, steve at rideshareRodeo.com. Do not expect that I'll email you back in 10 minutes. However, I will get back to you very quickly. I mean, very quickly. Even, Even on the weeks I get a lot of emails, I still block away a little piece of time for that week just to make sure that I've got enough time to address all the emails. So that's time out of my day that I do for you guys because I think that you propose some great questions. On a lot of other platforms, I don't see those great questions as as often. Sometimes people will just click in here or there. And uh, one thing that's really cool about audio podcast listeners, you guys listen to the whole thing um, because you download it. Even if you're streaming it, you know, but I mean, most of you guys come in and uh, you have your, you know, you ha- you have your podcast player that you like and, you know, you have auto download and auto delete after you listen to it. So it just kind of takes care of everything. It's all in there for you. In fact, speaking of podcasts, I got to take a quick second out here before we jump in. This week, I just, I just got home and I'm recording the audio podcast for Drop in the Morning because podcast movement is here in Denver right now. Yes, it is the first day of podcast movement, and it's in the evening, and um, I am so excited, you guys. I was over there today for the first day, getting my badge, just kind of, you know, checking out the space, um, seeing the people, meeting the people that were coming, and, you know, I've, I've heard nothing about the best things about this before. I've never been to one. My friend Jason Thierry, who runs the Gig Economy podcast. He's been to two or three of these things. And uh, just last year, I was we were supposed to go to the Dallas one together. 
I had an I had an issue and I couldn't go. This year he's supposed to be here. He couldn't come. But he's told me he's given me enough that I've I've really wanted to go check these out. I've worked enough trade shows and things of these type natures where I really didn't know what to expect walking into this because I've worked um, you know, I I've I've worked at ones that fill entire like the Orlando conference centers that are just beyond Vegas size even and in the Vegas ones. And so I was like, well, how big will this really be? This is huge. And it was just day one, people checking in and a lot of different people, a lot of different countries, a lot of different ideas. Um, so I'm really excited just to be over there and be in it. I'm going to take uh, some, uh, you know, some extremely <laughs> raw mobile material, you know, like I'm talking like iPhone um, uh, with using iPhone record if I want to go live or something or, you know, maybe make some shorts or whatever. But um, if I want to go live and talk about anything, um, it's going to be like some really bad recordings. But hey, um, you got to build up to the best equipment, right? And even after three years, uh, I'm still not there. But let's see what I learned in the next couple of days too. For now, however, let's jump in. So you guys, um, when was it that we were first talking about this? Okay, so... It was in late 2021. So if your minds can roll back that far, I know it gets... It, this is this to me is always that zone that gets really cloudy. Because it was March of 2020 when the pandemic began. And it was somewhere in 2021 it faded, but then it came back with variants and all this, that, and the other. And then it came back again. It's a, and then we came out of it. But this is kind of that target zone where I get like, it's like a Bermuda Triangle with me sometimes. So it was late 2021. It was like October, September. And Instacart decided that it was going to go IPO, um, initial public offering. And they got valued at $39 billion. Okay, so, you know, just... If you remember in 2020, you know, this is not long after Uber and Lyft went public. And as we know, it really didn't turn out well for either of them. And Uber was on the Dow, Lyft was on the NASDAQ. So we got to experience both of the markets and how both of the markets received a app-based gig company that had no assets, had barely any employees, um, was invested in all kinds of technology that's unrealistic or is so far out in the future. It's like, why are you and why are you? I think the market had trouble understanding, like, why are you invested in flying cars, but you're a rideshare company? So you're basically like a taxi dispatch company, but you're going to like invent flying cars and get FAA approval and you're going to have autonomous self driving vehicles and. This is where I think Lyft got into, or Uber and these companies get into so much trouble. But I also think it's part of what helped bloat their money. Um, with Instacart, I think that they were riding on the coattails of that. And as much as what I'm about to tell you is going to sound, I mean, and it's just what it is. But as bad as it sounds, I mean, clearly they may probably shouldn't have waited this long. But I wonder if part of the reason they didn't go public at the end of 2021 is because at $39 billion, what would that have been in 
a month or two weeks. I mean, let's 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 look at let's look at Lyft. Uh, Lyft premiered on the uh, on the Nasdaq in the what was it the seventies seventy two seventy four dollars a share, but by the end of trading that day, it was almost half its value. I mean, so it was just a bomb. Uber a bomb out of the gate. They just both performed so poorly upon launch. The market, like for those that don't understand the market, don't worry, nobody does. I mean, even the people who invest, like, and by that I mean, like, that yes, you can find people who can invest your money wisely or a lot wiser than you potentially, but nobody understands what the market is looking for. You know, it's think of it like an algorithm. And we're, a lot of us who work these apps, we know these algorithms. But think of it like an algorithm. And now you're pushing in these new type of businesses that are like, okay, give me the, give me the overview, give me the bullet points. And it's like, you know, how much on hand land do they own? None. What are their assets? None. How many employees do they have? Barely any. How do they? What do they do? They do rideshare, but they pretend like they do a bunch of other tech. Okay, so. Why am I supposed to value this company? What? But somehow it like got up where they wanted it to be. But upon launch, it's like you just watched it crash right out of the gate. If either of you, if anybody watched either of those debut, you know how bad it was. But back to the Instacart story, I guess my question becomes like, if they had gone right away at thirty nine billion, would it have only taken three weeks to be at under twenty billion? That said, let, let's go through this timeline real quick. So. In 2021, Instacart was valued at $39 billion. In early 2022, March, um, they were valued at $24 billion when they were going to go IPO again. At the end of 2022, this was the end of November, it was right before Thanksgiving, they were valued at $13 billion. And in April of 2023, this year, they were valued at $10 billion. And now... Now, here in mid to late August, we know that we don't have the exact number because they haven't put it out. The numbers I just read to you were what what Instacart was publicly declaring that they would have debuted at at those given dates and times. Now we know that Instacart is valued right now today somewhere between $5 billion and $8 billion. Now, $5 billion and $8 billion might sound like a lot, for an initial for an IPO company that's going to go but it shouldn't sound like a lot to an IPO company that's been trying to IP, trying to find that perfect window to IPO for this long that started out at 39 billion and is now potentially at 5 and at best at 8 um one thing that is going to save Instacart a little bit here and most of you who listen to the podcast you know I'm not a big fan of Instacart at all at all um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not just being picky because it's bad in my market or this, that, and the other. I just have a lot of issues with Instacart. I don't, I think they, their bot problem is something that could be solved. I think that in most markets, they're robbing people. Um, more than most of the apps, to me, Instacart seems like a Ponzi scheme. So anyway, um, one thing that Instacart does have going, though, it does have the fact that it expanded grocery access um, t- through SNAP and EBT payment options. And if you're not familiar, the SNAP, ben- the SNAP benefits 
are now available in all 50 states. Yes, all 50, Alaska and Hawaii as well. Um, and that's for uh, food insufficient, uh, welfare, um, people in need of food. And I guess what I'm wondering is, <clears throat> is it more with SNAP about the database of drivers that Instacart has that can get that food out to people? Regardless, that I think is a great thing. But that to me sounds almost like they're heading in the direction of a nonprofit, which we know they're not. But I mean, to me, I'm not really sure if like, if you've lost all of your business, which they're losing by the day, um, why would SNAP benefit you? And I mean, I, I guess to, I guess what I'm saying is, if a company came out doing this type of service and was like, and we're just going to help SNAP and EBT, okay, well, that makes sense. And and good for you for coming out like that. But I feel like with Instacart, it's like, dude, we are done. We are dead in the water. What can we do here? It's like Hail Mary time and the Hail Mary sucks, you know. But, um, you know, good for them that uh, at least they will have that. You know, one comparison I will make, <laughs> just to put it into perspective. Now, I won't go through that whole line with Lyft on their earnings since they went public. Now, with Instacart, they're not public yet. Instacart wants to go public. I just read it today. I've been reading articles the past four or five days on it. But today's articles, two of them both said they are looking to to go public this week, meaning you we would see them on the market as early as the first week of September. Um, so if that's true, they are really like making a push here because nobody heard anything about this until like about a week ago that they wanted it this quickly. Um, one, the comparison I do want to make though, is even after all of this and Instacart saying they're at five to 8 billion, the real question that will come into play is when they go IPO, what will their IPO launch position be? How much will it be? And will it maintain or will it do a nosedive like Lyft and Uber? Um, you know, even DoorDash, like let's pick on DoorDash too. I mean, DoorDash did horrible out of the gate. You know, all these people had DoorDash pegged at, I mean, I don't even want you guys like some, some people I know, some friends of mine actually were believers that this could happen. So I'm not, I'm not trying to laugh at people, but some people honestly believed that DoorDash would get up to $500 a share. And to that, I, I was just blown away. I was like, you guys are literally crazy um, <laughs> because that's not happening. Um, but, uh, um, ever, oh, so anyway, with, with the Instacart one, there's a couple other companies now that are, uh, talking about, about going IPO who had kind of pulled back like unicorn type companies. Um, and I got to say that, uh, here, where is it? So what do we got? We got Instacart is the likely one to... They're expected to file sometime for its IPO as early as this week, aiming for an early September debut. Uh, you guys might not have heard of Databricks, but Databricks is also trying to IPO um, quickly, too. These are the companies trying to IPO in the next two to three weeks. And we haven't had any of this, of these, of this space IPO in a while. Because they watched these others fail so bad that they're like, wait a minute, something's not something's funky here. So, and the last one is the uh, um, the arm transaction is also coming. So, uh, 
Those are three big name companies that are on the list who kind of were ready to IPO and all pulled back when they watched the other gig type stuff IPO. And they're like, wait a minute, we don't want that to happen to our company. But now I feel like they face a bigger crisis because now Instacart, like let's say they IPO, let's give them even the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they're worth between five and eight billion. Let's say they IPO at 10, some miracle, somehow. Is it, see, to me, it's very likely because we saw this with everybody else that they will completely, the first day or two, and then they might creep back up a little. But we're also in a recession. We've, there's a lot going on right now. You know, inflation's high. It's, it's just a horrible time for this. So they must see some real threats in not doing this. Because I could see it going, even if they, let's say it went at $10 billion, which is outside of the reach. But even if it did that, I could see it going to $5, 6000000000 billion the first day of trading. So maybe they're just going to be very, maybe they're going to come out IPO at $6 billion And, you know, by the end of trading first day, maybe they'll be at $6.2 billion. Maybe coming out at the lower number will make it grow in the right direction. <coughs> Excuse me. Gosh, guys, if it wasn't for the fact that this is a, uh, a no edit, uh, one take <laughs> podcast, I'd go edit that out. I'm sorry I just coughed on all your faces. Um, I do like you guys a lot more than that. Just so you know, um, let's see which other ones do we got here? Cause I got a bunch of guys. I'm trying to see what I can get through here. Um, okay. Uh, New York city is now the world's first city to mandate EV rideshare by 2030. All rideshare must be EV Uber Lyft. If they're still around again, Uber and Lyft, if they're still around, uh, must be 100% electric vehicles by 2030 or else they can't operate in the city of New York. New York is now the the world's first city to mandate this. Here's my question to all of you. Do you think, first of all, I mean, I guess this could be, diff- you can answer this question however you want. You can answer any of the parts I put out there. You can just um, address it in a comment, uh, however you want to do it. But do you think this will happen? Do you think that they will all be twenty, all be EV rideshare by twenty thirty, or is it so far out that Uber and Lyft, if they're still around, will find a way to not follow through? Now, specifically, I I state this because it's New York City. In New York City, they put regulations on rideshare fail. They put regulations on um on paying food delivery people more. Not only is that a fail, uh, Uber and Lyft, tw- or Uber and uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash, leading that, twice postponed it, had all these drivers ready. And when they finally agreed to the terms, and this is not uncommon for them. You guys are probably who, you, the, the, the old school listeners are probably, are definitely not unfamiliar with this. But, when it came two days before the weight, the rate increase or whatever was supposed to happen, what does Uber and, or what does Uber Eats and DoorDash do, or what does Uber and Lyft do when it's rideshare? What they do is they say, you know what? Actually, that agreement we made with you guys six months ago, we're not going to live up to it. In fact, we're going to contest this, and we're not ready to go to court yet, so we're going to push it back a year. So nothing ever really happens. No, I'm not saying things can't change. I'm just pointing out 
these dates are the same type of crap that we've talked about so many times, like flying, you know, full, when I started the website, when I started the website in March of 2017, okay, I've been doing rideshare since 2015, when I started the website in March of 2017, every article, if you go back to, I mean, I've got, there's almost 4,000 articles on rideshareradio.com now. But if you go back to the very first batch of them in the very beginning, you will see that everybody, I mean, we're talking New York Times. Okay. So if you're going to like say, well, you know, you know, uh, reporting's done, it's over, it's, it's, it's a fossil. No, I'm talking everybody was saying full autonomous driving vehicles in all metro cities uh, by 2020, okay? Even in the end of 2019, we knew it wasn't coming. So it wasn't the pandemic. had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that it was never even close. And I've mentioned this before, same as with politicians, Uber and Lyft have relationships with news with news agencies, with um, with TV stations, with uh, um, you know newspapers around the globe, and it doesn't mean that somebody can't write a story that says some things that are wrong at these companies, but it does mean you can't go for like full on knockout punches, or else you potentially are going to be fired. Or you're going to be told to rewrite the article because that's where the money comes from. It's not, shouldn't be shocking, you know, but I hate dates. I hate dates. I hate it when they say, and when they're certain, you know, like it gets me, it just gets me thinking about that California thing. You know, like what, what did Newsom say? Newsom said by 2020, by 2025, it'll be what, what is it? 40% all EV. And this isn't just rideshare. This is all vehicles in California. And by 2028, it'll be 80%. And by 2032, it will be um, 100% EV. Okay, Newsom, if you're listening, well, if, if Newsom's not listening, could somebody go get Newsom? I'll wait. Okay. Pause it, whatever you need to do. Okay. So Governor Newsom, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Look, man, all of us have more luck having dinner at French Laundry without masks on during the pandemic than you do pulling off your EV dates. Fact. Because you know what? Not everybody can have a charging station at their house. You don't have any anything in place for EVs of for the whole entire state. There's no infrastructure. You haven't done anything with the highways. The trucking industry is a mess. And let us not forget that you are on the West Coast grid. To those not familiar, the, the country is made up of three grids, okay? We have the East Coast grid. We have the West Coast grid. And then there is a separate grid for Texas. For those that didn't know that, that is how that works. And when I say grid, that's all of our electricity and how it how it works. California, the grid in California is such a mess that last summer on 
what we get here all the time in Colorado, we get them too. Hot days, 100, 105 degrees. Governor Newsom, in a jacket, in an air-conditioned room, went on the news and told all California residents that they needed to turn their air conditioning off because the grid was having trouble holding. He did it in other words, but my God, people, your air conditioners have to be off, but every house can charge a car. Come on, wake up, wake up. And I'm sorry to say it that way, but if that is something you believe, I would challenge every single one of you to write Newsom, to email his office. In fact, do it. You know, I'm, you know, let me, I'll find his email. I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the, uh, in the linear notes to this podcast. So whichever podcast player you're listening to this on, Governor Newsom's email address will be in the notes. Please email him and ask him, just simply ask him, because if enough people do it, he'll put out a statement. Ask him how it is even anywhere in the realm of reality with the power struggles California has to even get to 60% by 2030, which is, he says 60% by 2025. But I want to know how even, let's even say 50. How do you even get to 50% by 2030? That's not happening. You're not doing that. It's not happening. And that's all there is to it. It's like autonomous, guys. In fact, you know, hell, let's just jump into that. I was gonna, we have to talk about another story too, so I got to make sure I got time. But let's just jump into the autonomous because um, for those of you that don't watch a lot of YouTube, I know a lot of uh, you guys don't, but I know some of you guys come around it sometimes. Uh, you might have heard of or have seen the rideshare professor. Uh, Torsten is somebody who uh, who I collab with, who I've collabed with a couple of times. Um, we see eye to eye on something, you know, with like like everybody, we see eye to eye on some things, pretty damn clear, and on other things, not as much as clear. But we still are in the realm of seeing eye to eye. But he put out some great stuff this weekend on the autonomous in. Um, in California. I mean, literally, he was talking about some of the same stuff that we've talked about here on the podcast, like Cruz and Waymo specifically in San Francisco. Um, about a month ago, was it, that we talked about it on here that the mayor of San Francisco, the police department, the San Francisco Police Department and Police Chief, the San Francisco Fire Department and Fire Chief, and more the fire department than the police. I don't know what it is exactly. But these cars have a problem with the fire trucks. I don't know why. And the fire trucks have a lot of problems getting around them, where the way that they're doing things. So um, they all, all of those people who make up running the city of San Francisco, all of those people want uh, Cruz and Waymo out of their city. They don't want more money. They don't want, they don't want a better version of the car. They want them gone. Now, there was an incident last week uh, that we'll be talking about on the roundtable this week, and that will drop on the Friday audio podcast. There's two a week on this, you guys. Um, the Tuesday is the is the baby. That is the Rideshare Rodeo audio podcast, brand, traditional, OG. Um, and then on, on Fridays, I drop the Thursday night roundtable that we discussion that we have on YouTube. Um, with other gig workers, and I dropped that on here for you guys as well. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But 
Um, you know, here's the thing. So the companies are looking for more cities because in Phoenix, they still Waymo still has their hold. I'm not really sure what it is with Waymo and Phoenix, but no matter what problems they cause there, Phoenix seems to let them stay. I'm sure it's the it's the briefcases of money theory that I have, which is, you know, they just stand, they they go to City Hall and they say to the governor, hey, we'd like to run some EVs or to the mayor in your city. And he says, I don't think so. And they throw a briefcase of money at him. And he's like, no, I don't think so. They throw another one, throw another one. He's like, well, I don't think so. And they throw two more. And he's like, okay. That's how it is with these companies. That's how they work. And if that sounded like, God, you know, you over-dramatize that. Did I? Because that is what happened. That's what happened in Spain. They literally took cash in to the country the third time that they went after being kicked out of Spain twice. And for those of you that don't follow the world part of the news of all this, I won't get into it too much, but in case you're not familiar, um, you probably know that everywhere in the world, cab drivers are not happy with Uber and Lyft drivers as they start coming in on their territory. But in Spain um, is one of the most aggressive uh, cab communities in the world, and they got very aggressive. They were fist fights, baseball bats, all kinds of things to get these Ubers off the road. So, and Spain had to kick them out a couple times. But listen, if you come back with enough money and enough briefcases, Spain lets you back in. So, um, but the next target city that they're looking at, and this, I'm trying to get a pattern down on what they're looking for here. Because what did we have? We had Pittsburgh first, but Pittsburgh was a very light test market. Then we had Phoenix that got went crazy. Like they, they kind of opened the floodgates and said, go ahead, test your rides in this city. And then we had, um, and then we have San Francisco, which has gone pretty big too. San Francisco's just like all of these states' regulations and stuff on the gig economy. It's a little bit different. Um, in San Francisco, they only allow the crews and the Waymos to operate at night. And you know, I've had a lot of people say to me, "Well, why?" You know, and I think it's because the if you've ever been to San Francisco, I have quite a few times. Um, the traffic is beyond nightmare. Everybody talks about New York. We all know New York is hell traffic. There is no two ways about that. That's just what it is. But it's always been that way. So it's no shock, right? Um, San Francisco has always been bad, but it's gotten ridiculous. LA has always been a parking lot, but you, but it's always been that way. But San Francisco has gotten more and, and harder and harder and harder to, to get around. And so I don't think they want them in traffic, which is weird because I thought the point of the autonomous was to have them in traffic because in major traffic is when a lot of accidents occur. So here's the thing, though. Already, what one thing that we talked about at the end of last year with full autonomous was if you go full autonomous, everything has to be full autonomous, which is why I believe there needs to be a test city somewhere that people don't live. But I've talked about that enough. Um, but... um. Either you do that or you or you don't have autonomous. Or if you're going to have autonomous, you know, I don't I guess like as much of a joke as it was when I was in Vegas and I took the took the autonomous ride through the Uber app. Um and it was a joke. I mean, you guys I talked about that a long time ago and to the weekly listeners, I don't want to do that story again because it's great. But um but you know, 
you guys will have to go, you guys will have to go find that one. I think it's in an episode back in it would have been March or April because that's when I was there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a joke. But nonetheless, you had an engineer and a test driver up front, and that's where autonomous is at. If you're going to be in live cities, you got to have people up there. Now these cruises, I don't know about the Waymos. I'm a, I'm guessing the same thing's happening, but. Cruise is the same. What's happening in cruise at night in San Francisco is exactly what I said would happen in December. I said, listen, who's going to clean these things after every ride? Because I guarantee you, and I did this on a panel, and the panel kind of laughed it off, but I was being dead serious. People are going to have sex in these. People are going to do drugs in these. People are going to trash these. Um, People are going to, you know... Speaking of drugs, you know, like, what if somebody who, you know, uses needles to do drugs is doing drugs in one of these cruise autonomous that are driverless? And what if the next passenger to get in sits on it? Now, I know that's a long shot, but let me tell you what is happening. We already know that sex in these vehicles is now going on, and it's not one or two people have been found to have had sex. It's like the new buzz. It's like if you're out drinking in San Francisco and you need a ride home, there's only two or three routes these these vehicles can take. And and now people are taking them home. They take a, They take a long time for these rides and people are just having sex in them. So it's like, remember the old like, you know, hourly hotels, you take a prostitute or something. Okay, well, isn't that just what this is? That's what I see. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I see. And now the drugs will be next. And again, they don't even have people to come get the damn cars when they run through a red light because a a police officer approached them. I mean, they get a, first of all, who's insured if like you're driving in San Francisco and you get crashed by one of these? Because again, it doesn't have a driver. I know the easy thing to say is, well, Cruise would be responsible. Yeah, yeah, but I've read some articles where these settlements are not what they should be when they get into accidents. Somehow, because of the deal with the state they made with Newsom, again, I used to blame the city of San Francisco, but I've learned all of the city, the mayor, the police department, fire, all of them, everybody that has a say in this wants them out. Well, what Torsten's videos said was uh, he showed one cruise that, <laughs> as it was waiting for a passenger, it thought it would uh, pull off to the side and wait. Well, unfortunately, it pulled between two cones onto wet cement, and it sank into the cement. So they have to dig up the road, dig up some pi- some water mains. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, we got them running from the police, you know, this, that, and the other are going on. It's just like one big joke. But there was also an accident this last week where now Cruz and Waymo have been told they need to reduce their fleet in San Francisco by 50%. That's pretty big, you guys. They haven't been allowed to increase the size of the fleet, but the fleets were a decent size. Both of them have to go back to half the size of the fleet because of this accident. That goes to show you how little room of forgiveness there is for these companies anymore. 
I mean, basically, if San Francisco had had their way, they would have even just said, well, that's it, you're gone. But they, because it's a Newsom deal, they had to be like, all right, well, at least you can only do half. So they're doing what they can in the city, um, which I got to give them credit for. I honestly, I honestly believed San Francisco was a much bigger part of um, of this than you know. I, th- I thought they were in it for the money too. So I'm I'm giving them their props and saying, you know, I get it. I get that this wasn't from you, and I'm actually impressed and surprised. <laughs> okay, I got one story, and then we got one quick story that I just want to hit on here at the end. But first, um, so this story has been out there, and it's been up on Rideshare Rodeo. Obviously, you guys, oh, wait, I didn't even say that yet this week. Um, you can find all of the what I'm talking about on RideshareRodeo.com and more. I don't have time on the podcast nor on any of the other platforms that I might do pieces on or whatnot to talk about everything. That's why um, I try and talk about the ones that I think are be most appealing for people to hear that are probably the stories that I would think everybody would want to hear. But there's always a lot of ones that might be specific to you on rideshareradio.com. So go check it out. Um, But that said... This has this article has been going for it was it was going a month ago heavy in every publication and the last week it's been going again heavy because remember Minnesota Minnesota um, finally got that bill to pass they got both sides of the aisle to come together and say okay this is what we can do let's push it to the governor they agreed somehow they got to an agreement and. Um, the governor said, hey, we need more time to look into this because um, I agree drivers need to get paid more, but we can't mess with potentially them leaving if we do this. So what was he asking for in that bill? Now, this is for the state, and then I'm going to move over to what's the current story. But he was asking, or or the the bill was asking for a dollar forty a mile for rideshare drivers and fifty one cents per minute because that would make minimum wage when you figured in expenses i I hate the headache that they produce when they do this i because you got to talk active hours you got to talk this that the other and it really we already saw look prop twenty two i'm I'm not dissing it. It has benefited a lot of delivery drivers in California. It has not benefited a lot of rideshare drivers. I know a lot of rideshare drivers in California, and all of them laugh when I mention Prop 22 because they're like, dude, I don't get Prop 22. And of course they don't. Because what is Prop 22? Prop 22 was 120% of the minimum wage in that area of California, which in California, minimum wage varies. It's not it's not just one over the state. It varies from sixteen to uh, nineteen dollars and eighty-eight cents, I believe, is San Francisco. Um, but from sixteen to nineteen eighty-eight, so let's call it twenty. So even at the twenty-dollar San Francisco, hundred and twenty percent is going to be twenty-four dollars. But it's for an active hour. As a rideshare driver myself, who's done so many rides. And for all of those out there that I've even talked to, in an active hour in California, 
Meaning like if somebody got in the car, you have to drive them for an hour or do, take them for a half hour and then another one for a half hour to make an active hour, okay? Somehow you have to have actual hour time of driving passengers for this to count. But in an hour of actual time, I don't know any driver in San Francisco that makes under $24 an hour. Not one. So you, if, if they made 16 in an hour, what would happen? They would get a $8 Prop 22 check for that hour. But they don't get any. The delivery people get a lot. And that's a whole different conversation that maybe we can have a different time. But moving on to what happened in Minnesota. The governor had to um, had to veto this. And it was the governor's first veto of his career. So he is he's a left-leaning uh, governor. And he was kind of set in line to go along with this. But he said more testing was needed or more research was needed. So now... There's a lot of people who are thinking that because Minneapolis got very upset at this. Now Minneapolis and um and um uh, I'm sorry, what is what is the Twin City? Uh um <laughs> uh, St. Paul. So St. Paul and Minneapolis are touching and basically they make up the entire almost the entire population of Minnesota. The rest is just beautiful um rural area with lakes and forests and my kind of stuff. I love it. Um, but the the population is basically made up in Minneapolis and St. Paul. So here's the thing. In This is the article I want to run with because there's like 10 out there. But in uh, Gizmodo today, uh, it says Uber and Lyft could leave Minneapolis over 51 cents. That's a very clickbaity title but the weird thing is is it's not even clickbaity in a way that sounds correct or it, it it's not even making it sound worse it, it's just weird because um here's the problem uber and lyft threatened to leave minneapolis after the city council approved a minimum wage for drivers that would force the tech companies to pay drivers a dollar 40 per mile and 51 cents per minute during rides the ordinance which passed the council, 7 to 5. On, now, again, this is Minneapolis City Council. Remember that a month ago, the governor shot down um, the Senate and House as a state law. That's out of the picture for now while they're doing more research. But Min the city of Minneapolis City Council decided, let's go for the same thing that the governor or that we were going for for the state and try and shove it down everybody's throat. Here's my problem, and some people might disagree with me on this. I am not a fan of the dollar per mile and dollar per minute during rides. This is why when we did the town hall here in Colorado, we specifically spoke on the fact of um, the bill that Stephanie Vigil had introduced, talked about transparency to drivers full up front, everything you need. You see it all up front. Transparency to customers. Customers see line items, so they see what the drivers are paid, what the markup on the restaurant is, and so be it. So they see everything. DoorDash fees, everything. The right to appeal a wrongful deactivation. So I'm kind of, I'm in line with that kind of stuff because I think when you go for the money, 
Like, this is how much per mile. This is how, how much per minute. I still have to look, guys. You can't tell me. <laughs> you can't dub me as this or that politically. I am as independent as they come. In fact, I'm even I'm even pondering. I know it's a ways off, but I'm pondering this time letting you guys see how I vote. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, no, I don't, you know, you're not supposed to talk about that. I'm literally thinking about letting you guys see how I vote and doing a stream where I explain why, because maybe it'll show you guys why. And not only that, you'll see that effort went into me deciding each thing. And that's part of being an independent, an independent voter registered. Now, I will say this. Minneapolis trying to go around the governor when they're all they're all very left up there. So that's I mean they should all be getting along but for Minneapolis to say we don't like how you handled that to the governor who had to give his first veto ever. Now clearly, you know, there's a lot of money that comes in from these companies. Got to weigh that in too. Um but here here we go. So Uber and Lyft threatened to leave Minneapolis, pay drivers $1.40 per mile, 51 cents per minute during rides. The ordinance which passed the council seven to five last Thursday uh, could still be vetoed by Mayor Jacob Frey. There's a lot of people um, saying that he's yeah, but he's not going to veto it. He's not going to be he. I got to tell you guys, of course I don't know, but he has until this Wednesday to make up his mind. And I got to tell you, from everything I've read, he is going to veto it. He's going to veto this bill. So when this drops, it probably still won't. When you guys hear this <laughs> on Tuesday, uh, tomorrow morning, it probably still won't be out there. But the next day, Wednesday and Thursday, you'll be seeing a lot of news about it and what the final decision was made. And I'm telling you right now, I think we're going to see Jacob Frey veto this thing because he is getting pressure from everybody above him. Um, so part of so if you if in a in a quick breakdown an unregulated market allows uber and lyft to dodge minimum wage laws nationwide the minneapolis proposal would bring drivers pay in line with the city's 15 dollar an hour minimum now a dollar 40 per mile and 51 cents per minute is about the same amount that they did in seattle seattle has three times the cost of living and maybe up there it is working a little better at a dollar fifty a mile and fifty cents per minute, but to ask for a dollar forty and fifty one, I don't see how that's meeting your fifteen dollar uh, minimum wage. Because if it's per minute fifty one cents, let's take the per mile out. If it's per minute, so you have sixty minutes in an hour, and you have to be active, right? So if it's fifty one cents per minute, um, and not even counting the per mile. This is just your time at 51 cents a minute. Let's just call it 50, 60, 60 minutes. Let's cut that in half. That's $30. And we haven't even talked about the per mile of $1.40 per mile that you'd get on every mile you did. So in my book, you're getting $30 an active hour just to be on the platform active for for the per minute doesn't even matter if you're sitting parked with somebody and they're like we can't leave for an hour till my other guest gets here okay you're still gonna make 30 bucks just sitting there with the car off now if they want you to drive 70 miles during that hour what is 
Uh, so, so it would be a dollar forty times seventy, so ninety one dollars. So if I need, if I wanted to go from Minnesota, if I wanted to go from where wherever, let let's say wherever St. Paul to Minneapolis Airport, wherever makes it sixty five seventy miles. That means that trip would pay the driver. Let's let's say seventy miles. That would pay them ninety one dollars on the mileage end, and thirty dollars on the hour minimum, on the on the hour per minute. Okay, so one hundred twenty one dollars an hour. I'm I'm sorry. I I don't. See, I, I'm just being honest, guys. I don't even see how that's even close to fifteen dollar minimum wage. Look, I would love for that to be the case. I wish the companies thought that was a fair offer and they offered it in every market because, I mean, well, oversaturation would be a hundred times worse than what it is. But honestly, I mean, are we doctors? Come on. It's a stressful job. It's a lot of work. I've been in the service industry my whole life, but come on, guys. I mean, this is like the kind of Connecticut stuff that we saw going on that just got laughed at in a state where normally they don't laugh at stuff. So I feel, I mean, I won't say a hundred just cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be spewing BS. And obviously this is my opinion, but I don't see how mayor Frey does not, does not say no. We almost, it wouldn't, it won't shock me if he says the same thing that the governor said. The exact same thing, you know? So, I mean, I mean, why wouldn't he? I mean, you know, it's, you know, why wouldn't he just say more research is needed? I would. <laughs> I mean, not I would, but anybody would, right? Because you're going to, look, you're, he, I feel bad. Here's why I feel bad for Mayor Frey. So the city council is easy for them to pass it. But now there's a major weight on him after a governor vetoed his first veto about it said more work was needed then the city council's pushing him hard either way he comes out in a loss because if he says no to this he all the drivers are going to get be like dude we already lost once now we're losing again cuz of you he's going to get the boo there if he in, if he endorses it and here's the kicker guys we know Lyft and Uber are both contemplating leaving um if not at least majorly slowing down um, the amount of business they'll be doing. And that's Uber. But Lyft sent the city council a letter um, today saying that they were, this is not, if Uber said that we would drastically have to reduce business, if not leave the state. So they kind of had this, this area, this gray area to work in. Lyft sent a letter to the city to, uh, threatening to leave the city on January 1st, the day the ordinance goes into effect. Same thing that happened in California. So they're kind of saying like, New Year's Eve, midnight, we will shut down, we will be gone. So Lyft is threatening to leave on January 1st if the mayor doesn't strike uh, down this this law. If Now here's the quote from Lyft. If it becomes law, drivers would ultimately earn less because prices could double and only the most wealthy could afford a ride. We support a minimum earning standard for drivers, but it should be part of a broader statewide solution that also protects driver independence. 
this is a very messed up statement, and it shows how good Lyft is at crafting these. Because while I agree, driver independence is is very important. Those are the words that the Lyft uh, spokesman ended on. That's a strong. Those are strong words to end on. Um, the broader statewide solution. Everybody wants a statewide solution now because the federal pro act failed. So even if you were a pro act fan, it's gone. And that's good. We never wanted it on a federal level. But it does probably need to be on states, you know, county by county, city by city might work. But I see a lot of issues that could happen as well. Um, But basically the same type of thing is that uh, more information is needed, you know, Um, the, so the, so the Twin Cities news station KSTP uh, reports that the mayor has already voiced concerns in an email to the city council. Um, uh, Frey suggested he supports the effort to ramp up protections for drivers, but cast doubts on the ordinance. This ordinance stands to significant, significantly impact our city in terms of worker protections public safety, disability rights, and transportation mode shift goals. Frey said in the evening in the email, it is clear that we must allow more time for deliberation. Now, this is this does not sound like a guy who's gonna be saying, Yeah, let's do this on Wednesday. It sounds to me that he's already made up his mind. I had to dig to find this one because a lot of the other articles um, kind of beat around the bush a little. And when, you know, Gizmodo's a good... Gizmo, by the way, guys, whenever... I, I'm going to start trying to tell you guys some of the ones that I trust the reporting on a little bit, meaning like I know some of the writers or I've worked with some of the people involved or I've been reading it long enough to know that they actually write good stuff. Gizmodo's got some some good stuff. And, you know, they've got some they've got some funny uh, spins on things as well, too. So you can, you can have a fun at, at Gizmodo. Um, you know, they got, you know, science, earth, AI, space, um, news, they've got a hardware section. I mean, it's just, it's kind of an odd breakdown of, of their categories, but check it out. Um, uh, anybody up in Minneapolis, please email me, Steve at rideshearrodeo.com. I'd love to hear your take on this. And again, guys, all news can be found at rideshearrodeo.com. Um, I got two more or three more stories I was going to talk about, but we don't have the time. So they will be on the round table and they will come on this, but I do want to talk about one last thing. So you guys might know this already. It's been going on for a while, but gig workers are making the homes of tip baiters, um, are marking the homes of tip baiters on Google maps. Now, for those that know Google maps, you can create private ones. You can do this. So there's, oh man, this is, see, this to me is where um, you have to be very careful because they're going to claim that we're independent contractors. They can't do anything. Yet, they should majorly be working with Google, DoorDash, Instacart, whoever is getting these, DoorDash is a primary one, guys. Um, but if all these DoorDashers are marking tip baiters, that is a very serious security risk. Now, trust me, I think that all tip baiters should have the scarlet letter on their head. 
because it's one thing if you come from a culture and you don't know to tip and you're visiting and you don't tip, or if you forgot a tip, or if you're super strapped, just realized it made the order, and you put it out there and you said, you know, I don't have the tip, but here it is. And if and if nobody picks it up because it doesn't have a tip, you know, that's lesson learned. But to put a big tip in there to get your food quick and try and make somebody think they're they're making some money, that's BS. And you should, if you're a customer, you should have to call in and you should have to be recorded on why that you are pulling that tip back. Because unless it was a, I meant to enter $10 and I accidentally entered $10,000. Yeah, that's a great reason. If I'm working at DoorDash, sure, I'll take that. I mean, yep, no problem. I'll take that off. You want to leave the 10 though, right? Sure. Okay. But like if you're putting 50 bucks on and then just removing it, I want you to call me. I want to work at DoorDash and I want you to call me and explain to me why you're removing the entire tip, which seemed like a big tip in the first place. I want you to tell me why. And I'm going to record it. Who knows? It'll be used down the road for whatever. But um, there's a lot of dangers in this. The one very interesting story I did see was that I I did start to notice a pattern that a lot of people do this on their own private maps. Okay. Um, If you guys aren't familiar, uh, the para flagging feature in the para app does this as well. And that's a much easier way where you're sharing it with just gig workers you know, who are connected to the Para app so that you can see which ones are, it's called flagging, but you can flag things for third story, apartment, you know, no, meaning like maybe you got a eight cases of water and they don't have a elevator and they didn't tip you and you're just flagging it like no way, you know, or maybe it's an apartment building where there's nowhere to park and you've gotten tickets every time you've tried or you've gotten towed or <coughs> so you flag it as that's another place it can't go. Because other people will learn how to take or will take those orders regardless. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. <laughs> Got to save my voice for podcast movement. But here's the thing. In Perry, you can do this in flagging. But to do it publicly on Google Maps, I am shocked that Google Maps lets you do this. Um, I think, I I think that they, Google needs to really look down their security camera a little bit. And, uh, yeah, guys, that's it for this week. Um, I will be back next week and probably be a better podcaster than I am already. <laughs> um, I hope to next week have, um, uh, gig wise, Tim, uh, from YouTube. If you don't know him, you don't need to. Tim worked in the, um, you'll meet him next week. Tim worked in the bar industry about the same amount of years as me, 25, 30 years. He's in St. Louis. I'm in Denver. Um, and there's a lot of correlation that I want to do between the gig economy and the bar industry. And I've asked Tim to be a guest because he does gig work now too, but he has the same amount of years in the bar industry. And I, I think he'll be a great guest to have this discussion with. So next week we're going to have him on. Um, until then, be safe, earn smart, and uh, be safe out there. Watch out for one another and take it easy. Peace. <laughs>